0: Om वक्रधुंद्र महाकाय सूर्य को Samaprava, सम प्रभा Deva कुरु मे देवा सर्व गणेशाय नमः ओम भगवते श्री स्वामी नारायणाय श्री श्री Omnamo Pagate was with a wire. Omnamo Pagate Om Aimbriam Klim Chamundai, which is Sarvamangalamangal, she was Sarartha Sadike. Sharanitram Bekegor in Arain in the most two te Shrigurus Totra Makanda Mangalakaram, we have the mina characharam Tatpadam Darsitamin at the smash Rigur Venamah Agnan at the Miranda Siganan and Janachalaka Chakshurum Birita Min at Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, Guru Deva Param Brahma Tasme Shri, Guru Vena Namaha Shri, Guru Stotram. Welcome to Daily Satsang. We are continuing our contemplation on what is the Brahman, what is the Atma, and what are the related ideas about this. So along those lines, I want to um, go into a little bit more detail today. Regarding the Atma Tattva, or you can also call that Shiva, or even Parashiva if you want. Depends how you look at it. So, um, there are five considerations with regards to the Atma. So, one is, of course, Chit. Chit meaning the power of self-revelation by which the Supreme shines by Himself. In this aspect, the Supreme is known as Shiva. It is a Swayam Jyoti. So, let's talk about that. It is a... It is a shining of the divinity naturally from within, rather than something that is dependent. So for example, when we are hungry, we have to have food to satisfy the hunger. That is a dependent, it's called paradin. But the Atmic realization is such that it is naturally enlivened, it is naturally filled with joy. That is its nature. So, the Atma, whatever it actually is, is our actual self. It's who we are. But we don't know that. We're not aware of that. We're entangled within prakriti, but we don't know that this has come up. We don't realize that the Atma is a part of the, or or it has the same type of equality as the Brahman. It is a non-physical entity. It is a non-mental, it's beyond the mind also. It is a spiritual entity. And that is who we are. So, the illusion that covers the atmas is the problem. Or that's, the, that's what's there. The illusion is what? The atma doesn't know itself. Know thyself. To know thyself, as we have been t- examining, the importance of Guru Tatva and scriptures is definitely there. Why is that the case? Because when the mind is infused with the divine ideas of the scriptures, it begins to take that form and pure knowledge comes. See, we are so some, so trapped with, within our desires, by our desires, that the desires don't have any end to them. But if we can perceive, by grace of gurus, by the realization of how they have transmuted desire, The desire itself begins to take a different form. There is desire in the world, there is no question. But it begins to take a different form. Now what is that different form? There enlivens desire for higher realization and the experience of subtler joy, more refined joy. So the example of a sugar cane. Sugar cane has sugar in it. But what is the difference between the sugarcane and that white sugar that we see? That white sugar we see is the final refined product. you know. So we can put that directly in tea and coffee, but we don't put sugarcane, like the big sugarcane stick inside the tea or coffee. We have to extract it and refine it and do so many things to get to that white substance ultimately. <clears throat> Similarly, our desires, our energies need to be refined so that they become so pure... And then that purity, of the, in that refinement process, resonates. So, it, it's a doorway into the Atma. That purity is a part of that Atma. Purity meaning all the impurities are gone. So, the impurities are what we have been saying. Things which damage the energy. Kaam, lob, moha, matsar, irsha, trishna, ahankar. These are the problems in the world. These are the problems for every human being. Every human being is a work in progress. We are in this world to evolve out of the different doshas, different limitations. Because our own mind, our own feelings, our own experiences are a doorway, are a tremendous doorway into realizing something beyond. See, if you consider child that is born, child is born in ignorance, innocent child. There's so much conditioning, so much layering that occurs, but that is necessary. The child is born in this world, but the wisdom of the rishis, the wisdom of the scriptures, of the Sanatana Dharma is such that it teaches us how to utilize this body, this mind, this the, the, the interaction with the world for Uplifting ourselves into the atmic realization, so the atma can shine beautifully. The atma can shine without any other kind of disturbance. It is atmic realization. It is called atma sakshatkar. So, atma sakshatkar is beyond the five koshas, panchakosha. There is the pra- annamayakosha, pranamayakosha, manoamayakosha, vignanamayakosha, anandamayakosha, and beyond all five is the actual Atma, Pancha, Kosha, Teeth, beyond the five Koshas. So this body that we see, this is called Annamaya Kosha. It is one outer layer. Internal to that is the Manomaya Kosha, the mental activity, thought, emotion, memory, desire, etc. Thought, emotion, memory. See, that is all the thinking process going on. Then there is the Pranamaya Kosha, the vital airs, the pranic system, the energy Pran. So, and then there is the Vijnanamaya, that's the intelligence, then there is the Ananda Mayakosha. That is the intense experience of pleasure. It's not the sachidananda, It is the experience of intense enjoyment and pleasure. That is called Ananda Mayakosha. So it is Ananda May. It is not actually the Ananda of the Atma. That is beyond that. And beyond the Ananda is the Atma, which is Ananda itself. So there is these Panchakoshas, the five coverings, and these Panchakoshas are to be realigned. They are given to us, as they are evolved, they are given to us as an opportunity to realign those energies, the, the thought patterns, emotional patterns, to, divan- to bring them into divinity, to realign them so that the Atma can shine. The Atma is always shining actually, we just don't realize We're the Atma is somehow identified with these Panchakoshas. But when the, when the identification stops with them, even though they're there, they continue. But that's not really who I am. I am this divine Atma. I am this, this powerful soul. Then what kind of life is there? As I was mentioning before, and we'll continue this a little bit more further. But the fact is that, they, that life is a life of non-entanglement. It's a life of clarity. It's a life of freedom. It's a tremendous freedom from within. See, human life that we have is a journey from bondage to freedom, from bandhan to mukti. This is a journey. We all are trying to become more and more free. We want financial freedom. We want economic freedom. We want emotional freedom. We want intellectual freedom. We want uh, uh, political freedom. We want every kind of freedom in life. There's no question. But the fact of the matter is that the ultimate freedom is the liberation of the soul from the entanglements of... Within the panchakoshas, within the three bodies, sthul sukshmakaran, within the three gunas, that is the ultimate freedom. So that ultimate freedom is what we are seeking. That ultimate freedom is what where tremendous truth actually exists. Otherwise, one can continue running in this world blindly. You know, rather than running blindly in uh, in this world, it is possible to interact in this world with eyes wide open, with gnana drishti with Vidrashti, with the divine vision, that is to see everything as Shiva, everything as the Brahman, everything as God, everything as Guru, that is one way. Otherwise, if we don't see it that way, then we get very much lost inside this, this world of world of Prakriti, which is endless. So it is a change in vision of the outside world and then to realign all of the koshas. Now, how are they to be realigned? For, so, with the physical body, I think it's fairly easy to understand. We have to keep the body very healthy, within a certain range, within a certain function. That best level of function of the human body that is also dictated by the human mind. You know, so the mind is the is the is the one in charge actually of this body. And then, who is in charge of the mind? That is the atma. So the mind is like the chief minister, and the atma is like the king. There is a vachanamrut called Rajniti. Vachanamrut, Rajniti nu vachanamrut garada number twelve. Garada Madhya twelve vachanamrut. In there, this is described that this is the city of nine gates, as the Gita will say. Bhagavad Gita says this human body is the city of nine gates. There are nine openings in the body, and in that nine, in the city of nine gates, the mind is the chief minister. And, and who is in control of the mind? The Atma. But the Atma has forgotten itself, so the mind has become everything. The chief minister is acting like the king, and that is the difference. So that once we realize that the Atma itself is the king, then the mind is going to follow according to that. But this is where Upasana, Sadhana is needed. Mind has to be given Sadhana. Sadhana is invariably necessary. So that when we do Sadhana based on what we are wanting to see happen, on that basis, we can progress further. So without sadhana, nothing is possible. Without sadhana, there is no way out of the ma- mahamaya. But sadhana by itself doesn't take you out. It is by krupa, by grace of God. So in Gujarati, in satsang, Swami and satsang, we say that Bhagwan krupa sadhya che sadhan sadhya na thi. That's what the, that's the difference. Krupa sadhya meaning what? By the grace of the Lord, things begin to evolve. They come, they come up in the right way. Our, our development occurs because of the grace of God. And from there, and from that grace, we are then able to live in this world, whatever time we have, with, with two major goals, seva and bhakti. We do bhakti, which is love for all, and love for God, which is love for all. And seva means to serve the society, not to hurt the society, not to live in, in egotistical life, a life filled with ego and 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 uh, uh and a type of strengthening of the ego that is that is creating conflicts and damage to others no that kind of life completely stops so the point here is that the Brahma tattva is uh who we are we are the brahman nijatmanam brahmarupam this is shikshapatri 116 shlok very important, central to it all. That our life, we can choose, we can say that I am enlightened. I'm totally enlightened. Just start with that. And start with that intense belief that is called Atmanishta. Atmanishta means I am enlightened, that's a belief. That leads to Atma Sakshatkar, I am enlightened. The belief I am enlightened leads to the realization I am enlightened, but the belief is necessary. The belief is necessary as a beginning point because if we don't have any faith in that, if we don't have any belief in that, that this is who I really am, we will not realize that. You see, so so to actually <coughs> proclaim one's enlightenment is possible for every human being. But that proclamation happens when a person realizes what is enlightenment, what is freedom, what is jivan mukti, when we realize that and then to proclaim it and then to live according to that automatically if we proclaim the enlightenment that aksharam aham purushottam we say that i am the devotee of god bhagwan purushottam devotee god's devotee and we are proclaiming that i am akshara brahma that means i am enlightened i am the infinite consciousness i am the sakar form of akshara also when we proclaim that where is the issue of getting stuck in ignorance there is no ignorance, there is no There is no influence of ignorance at all or Mahamaya in, in terms of bondage. Mahamaya actually helps you to get liberated, helps you to gain the experiences that you're looking for and then move ahead further. So when we proclaim to believe firmly that I am the Akshara, I am the Atma, I am the Brahman, this is who I am, that's a belief, it's a mental quality that is called Atmanishta, Brahmanishta. But with that Brahmanishta, Atmanishta, what do we have? We have a state of realization that begins to develop because the mind is then going to evolve into the Brahman through Upasna. Upasana means going near God and worshipping God. Upa means going near. Asana means to sit near. Like Upanishad. Upanishad is to sit near. Asana also means like to asana. It's like you're sitting at the feet of God. So you're going towards God. That is called Upasna. So that is the worship of the Paramatma. When we worship Paramatma, with whatever our intention may be, even Bhagavad Gita describes the four types of devotees. Artho, Artharthi, Jigna, Sugnani. Those who are wanting material happiness, you can also worship God. Why not? Sakam Bhakti. And then you're wanting that experience, you're wanting for whatever reason you want what you want, you get that and then you go into Nishkam Bhakti. You get what you want, then you go into Nishkam, but then, you, then because the difficulties of the Sansar will not touch you. This is where, particularly, the Bhakti of the goddess Durga and Bhakti of Shiva, Shiva Shakti Bhakti is, is invariably necessary while living in the Sansar simply because there are so many problems in the Sansar, so many difficulties, and we want protection. We want protection from that. So we see all the weapons in the hands of the gods and goddesses in the Hindu pantheon. What are all those weapons? They are to protect us from all kinds of problems that are invariably present within the sansar. Now of course there are higher level devotees who, <coughs> who are just relying everything on God's wish. Then at that point they don't want anything except to serve God. That's a different matter. That is, that is a param nishkam bhakti. They don't want anything except just to serve God. Bhagwan ki seva, nothing else. So there is such a state. Alright, so we'll continue this tomorrow further and we will move along, along these lines.